This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope, the audio broadcast ministry of Pastor Rick Warren. Today we continue with a series called How God Turns Setbacks into Comebacks. We're so glad that you've joined us today. Now, if you know someone who needs some encouragement right now, be sure to invite them with a text or a phone call to listen along with you. But first, studies have shown the more grateful a person is, the happier they are. But it's not always easy to be thankful. That's why Pastor Rick developed the power of gratitude. It's a special interactive Bible study to help you grow your gratitude. You can find out more by going to PastorRick.com while you listen to today's message. If you want, you can just text the word HOPE to 800-600-5004 for more information. That's the word HOPE to 800-600-5004. Right now, here's Pastor Rick with part one of a message called, When a Setback Isn't Your Fault. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Saddleback. Today, we're going to continue our series on how God turns setbacks in our lives into comebacks. Now, in each message that we've been doing in this series, we've been looking at a different kind of setback and how a person in the Bible handled it. We started by looking at when you've had a business setback, and we looked at Peter, who was a professional fisherman, who said, we fished all night and caught nothing and how Jesus turned that around and brought a comeback in his life. Then we looked the next week at at Job and his devastating setback, and what do you do when you've had a setback that seems irreversible? Now today, uh, I want you to look at what to do when your setback isn't your fault. What do you do when your setback isn't your fault? You know, honestly, it's often easier to deal with a setback when you know that you caused it by your own mistakes. Uh, It feels more unfair when you're going through a storm or you're going through a setback or you're going through suffering that was caused by other people's mistakes, by their poor decisions, or even by their sins. And you're the innocent party that gets hurt, or you feel the brunt of their consequences, or somebody else's harmful decisions affects you. Now, those of you who have been deeply hurt by other people, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know, maybe right now you're dealing with a setback from a divorce that you did not want. Or, or maybe you're paying the price of a bankruptcy that wasn't your fault. Or maybe you inherited some problems from your parents. Or, or maybe you lost your job because the company got bought out. That, that's not your fault, but you're, you're feeling that setback. You know, I know some of you have really struggled with your identity and your emotions, and your mental and physical health because of some evil person who abused you. And as your pastor, I grieve with you. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry for what was done to you. Now, these are the major storms of life. They're not your fault when somebody else brings them into your life, but they can wreak havoc on your health and on your hope and on your happiness. Now, this is the kind of setback that I want us to consider today. And I want us to see how God helps us and turns these kind of setbacks into comebacks. Now, in Acts chapter 27, you can take out your message notes, or if you've got a Bible open to Acts chapter 27, all the verses we're going to look at are in that chapter. There's a very dramatic example of how we often suffer because of the foolish choices of other people, the ones they make and how you need to trust God for a comeback from setbacks that were caused by other people's dumb decisions. 
this is the story of how Paul survived a storm and a shipwreck that wasn't his fault. Now, let me give you the background. The Apostle Paul had always wanted to go to Rome to preach the gospel. And it was his greatest desire and his greatest dream to go and preach in the Colosseum. Rome was the greatest, the most powerful, the most influential city in the world at the time. But the way that God got Paul to Rome was not through a preaching series, but through being a prisoner. Paul had been unfairly put on trial for a crime that he didn't commit, but because he was a Roman citizen, he had the right to appeal to Caesar in capital offense cases. So he did, and he used his appeal to Caesar to actually get a free ticket to Rome. Now we're gonna pick up the story where Paul is put on a prison ship in uh, Crete, which is an island in uh, the Mediterranean Sea, and he's headed for Rome, and the ship is docked there on this island of Crete, uh, but the crew has spent too much time on shore leave, and now the autumn winter was turning into, I mean, the autumn uh, weather was turning into winter, and uh, it would now be unsafe for them to sail in the middle of the winter. So God tells Paul to warn the captain of this prison ship that they should wait until winter is over, and then uh, uh, they would, would sail smoothly. But the whole crew gets impatient, and they didn't wait, and they would sail into a massive storm, they would be shipwrecked, and they'd all likely die. Uh, Paul passes on what God told him about this, but they ignored it. And just as Paul had warned them, the ship was destroyed in a huge storm. Now, there at the top of your outline, Acts chapter 27, verse 41 says this, the ship struck a reef and ran aground, and it was repeatedly smashed by the force of the storm's waves. And the ship began to break apart. This is the story of Paul's shipwreck. Actually, Paul was in three different shipwrecks in his lifetime, if you can imagine that. What does this story have to do with you today, 2,000 years later? Well, it actually answers three very important questions. First, what causes people to make bad choices that create setbacks and storms for other people? That's covered in this passage. Number two, what do you need to know about the storms and setbacks that aren't your fault? We're gonna look at that. And number three, what do you need to remember when you're in a storm that's wrecking your ship and you feel hopeless? Okay, we're gonna look at these questions. Now, what causes people to make bad choices, to make dumb decisions that cause setbacks and storms for other people? Well, that's what this story illustrates. And so you might write this down. Number one, what causes people to make bad decisions is this. First, when we listen to ungodly advice. When we listen to ungodly advice. Let's pick up the story, Acts chapter 27, verse nine and 10. Much time had been lost and the day of fasting had passed, uh, so now it had become dangerous to sail because of the fall weather. So Paul warned the sailors with this advice. Men, I have perceived that our voyage is going to be disastrous. God had told him this. And if we sail now, we'll lose the cargo, we'll lose the ship, and likely we'll lose our own lives too. Now the very next verse, verse 11, says this. But the Roman officer in charge of the prisoners didn't listen to Paul. Instead, he followed the advice of the pilot and the owner of the ship. Okay, let's 
Look at this for just a minute. Have you ever been given bad advice? Yes. Have you ever been overruled by an expert, like an owner or a pilot? Yes. Have the so-called experts in your life always been right? Absolutely not. You know, I, I've noticed as a pastor that some people use experts to validate their biases. What they do is they go around asking experts uh, until they find somebody who actually agrees with them, and then that's the expert they listen to. So they really don't want advice. They just want somebody to reinforce what they already want to do. Now, I don't want to belabor this. I just want to make this simple point and go on to the next verse. But when God tells you not to do something, ignore all the experts who tell you to do it because they're going to be wrong, all right? When we listen to ungodly uh, advice, even the experts, the pilots and the captains who are supposed to know what they're doing. The second reason people sail into storms and they shipwreck their lives is this, when we copy the crowd. In other words, when we do what's popular, when we go with the flow, when we say, but everybody's doing it, when we copy the crowd, and that's verse 12, it says this, then the crew decided that they should go ahead and sail up the coast of Crete because the majority, circle that, the majority wanted to spend the winter in Phoenix, and it had a nice harbor. Isn't it interesting that 2,000 years later, uh, 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 people still want to spend the winter in Phoenix? <laughs> it's, it's a different Phoenix because this Phoenix today doesn't have a harbor. But history shows that the majority is often wrong. And what, here's what it says. The majority said, let's go ahead and do it. Majority is often wrong. Story after story in the Bible, like when the 12 spies were sent in to spy out the land of Israel and 10 of them came back and said, we can't do it. And two said, we can. Joshua and Caleb said, we can. And they ended up spending the rest of their lives walking around in circles in the wilderness until that generation died off because the experts were wrong. Now, just as often as the experts are wrong, the majority is often wrong. You know, there are 260 I think 276 people uh, on this ship, the Bible tells us. And so when they took a vote, the vote was 273 to three, Paul and his two companions, one of them being Luke, who wrote this story. Now, I imagine when they took this vote and the majority decided, let's go ahead and do it, even though Paul says, don't, God says, don't. I imagine Paul's just shaking his head going, you guys have no idea about the storm you're about to sail into. Let me ask you, can you think of anybody who shipwrecked their life because they followed the crowd? Okay, they copied the crowd. They did what was popular. Yes, and we see it every single day. Now, the second reason people sail into storms and, and shipwreck their lives, as I said, was because they copied the crowd. But then there's a third reason. When we count on circumstances instead of Christ, that's the next verse. We're going to get into trouble. We're going to have setbacks. We're going to we're going to run into storm when we count on our circumstances. We listen to our circumstances more than Christ. Just because it may look good doesn't mean it is good. Verse thirteen, Acts twenty-seven. It says this: When a gentle wind began to blow from the south, the crew thought. Notice this phrase: the crew thought they had obtained what they wanted. The crew thought they'd obtain what they wanted. They had this gentle breeze. I go, this is great. Let's go. And their plan would work. So they pulled up anchor and they sailed as close as possible to the shoreline of Crete. Question, have you ever thought that you were getting exactly what you wanted 
and later realized that you were headed right into a storm? That's what happened here. Let me give you another question. Is it possible that what you think you really want in life might just be setting you up for a shipwreck? See, when we pay attention to circumstances, we don't listen to what God says. We listen to what the crowd says, and we do what circumstances say. Again, it doesn't matter how favorable something looks. It says they found a favorable, gentle wind. If something looks favorable, but God has already said no, or not now, or not yet, you're going to sail into a disaster. Have you ever heard this justification? Well, it feels right. So it must be right. Or it feels good, so it must be good. You know, that's bad logic. And I've noticed that what people actually get when they get what they think they want, that they find out it's never as good as they thought it was going to be. So why should I never trust my circumstances? Because they change constantly. And they actually can change overnight. They can change immediately. Acts 27 verse 14 says this, but shortly afterward, after they made the decision to ignore what God had said to them, shortly afterward, the weather changed suddenly and a wind of hurricane force came out of the northeast and blew the ship out to sea. Houston, we have a problem. They're trying to go up the coast of Crete and now they're blown out to sea and they're at the mercy of this storm. So what am I saying? Listening to godly, ungodly advice, copying the crowd and relying on circumstances, it feels good, it looks good, will always get you into trouble. You're listening to Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. If this message has encouraged you or if God put someone on your mind that needs to hear it, would you share it? You'll be so glad you did. And be sure to let them know that Pastor Rick has a free daily email devotional at PastorRick.com. Rick will be right back in just a moment, but first... Experts have discovered that an attitude of gratitude bolsters your health and happiness. So how do you practice daily gratitude, even when life is tough? Here's Rick to tell you about a Bible study he's developed to help you practice daily gratitude. One of the things that God wants us to do, and he says it over and over in Scripture, is to practice gratitude. Did you know that gratitude is good for us? The Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You want to know what God's will is for you right now? It is that you learn gratitude in all circumstances. There's always something you can be thankful for. In fact, I've discovered, and I've read many reports, that experts have told us that gratitude is the healthiest human emotion. Did you know that gratitude makes you more resistant to stress? Did you know that gratitude makes you less susceptible to illness? Did you know that gratitude increases your overall happiness and satisfaction? That gratitude gives your life more meaning and significance? I don't know if you've ever noticed that the more grateful a person is, the happier they are. That's the power of gratitude. So I want you to live with the attitude of gratitude, the attitude of thankfulness. Now I've put together a brand new Bible study called The Power of Gratitude. 
And in it, you'll find scriptures and teaching and exercises that'll help you develop the habit. Cultivate the habit of gratitude. You'll discover how to stay in God's will, how to defeat discouragement, how to conquer complaining, how to reduce stress, and how to experience God's blessing through gratitude. Friends, I wanna help you develop a deep and a profound attitude of gratitude. The world is craving people like this, and you will be able to experience all that God has for you. So today, when you partner with me by giving a gift, a financial gift to Daily Hope, to help us take the certain hope of Jesus to people all around the world, I'm gonna have my team send you the Power of Gratitude Bible Study. I just wanna say thanks to you. I wanna be grateful for you. You know, your support is essential for us taking the Daily Hope message of Jesus all around the world. So do that today. Send us a gift and let me send you a gift and you'll be grateful and so will we. God bless you. Go to PastorRick.com right now to get your copy or text the word HOPE to 800-600-5004. That's PastorRick.com or text the word HOPE to 800-600-5004. And thanks so much for your support. Be sure to join us next time as we look into God's Word for our daily hope. This program is sponsored by Pastor Rick's Daily Hope and your generous financial support.